We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The majority leader of the New York Assembly, Crystal Peoples-Stokes, and she joins us this morning. Uh, Assemblywoman, thank you for joining me this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, this discussion at the University of Buffalo, uh, what was the main point of the discussion? Well, um, I believe that the intent of the organizers was to totally explain the existing law that legalizes marijuana and to discuss some of the um, regulations that have been put in place to move that legalization process forward. Um, and to acknowledge that there is still yet a ton of regulation that still needs to happen in order to put the total framework in place. So speaking of that regulation, where are we now on cannabis law in New York? What is legal, what's not legal, and what are the next steps? Well, thus far, there have been um, regulation and licensing distributed to for people who were existing hemp growers for the last four years, and at least two of that, they would have had to have demonstrated the, the ability to grow hemp. But they have been um, issued licenses to begin the process of growing the adult use product. Many of those um, growers are right here in the Western New York community. Some are doing it hydroponically and others are doing it otherwise, but um, those licenses have already gone out. There are regulations um, that have been put out, but not totally yet approved for the licensing of the first dispensaries to be open. There are eight other licenses, as I'm sure you're aware, that have not yet been issued regulations for um, licensees. And when do we anticipate that those that are licensed to distribute will be able to open up and start distributing? Well, from um, the discussion that the board has had publicly, as well as the conversations that um, the chief of staff, who is Christopher Alexander, who was present at UB this week, um, that should happen by the end of the year or the very beginning of 23. And, you know, now it's 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 legalized in New York State and, and the steps are being taken. But as we know, federally um, still criminalized. What are any if any, um, the, what's the state doing uh, about the federal law when it comes to cannabis? Well, there's not a lot we can do about that. We've um, made our decision here. Um, many states have made this decision prior to New York doing so. And um, during the uh, Obama years, there was a. a concerted decision by the federal government not to weigh in or try to stop what states were doing with legalization. That kind of waffled a little bit under the Trump administration, but 
I think we're back on track so that the federal government is not necessarily negatively impeding on state businesses. But as you know, and as you have stated, um, the federal government does still see marijuana as a Schedule I um, drug. However, I believe that there is a a ton of advocates, uh, both from the lobbyist perspective as well as from the member perspective of, of Congress as well as the Senate to begin looking at how does the federal government move towards legalization? Now, um, as you said, the licensing have gone out for um, dispens- uh, dispensaries. Will more license be granted as time goes on in New York State? Yeah, I believe so. Um, there are other licenses that have don't even have uh, regulations in place for them yet, but I anticipate that those should we should see how those look by the end of the year as well. But as we know. The original plan for the first dispensaries is limited in number because the state is engaged in helping to put together um, the sites for where this can, the dispensaries can be set up at. Um, that's, that's a limited number, but um, if you compare legal dispensaries to, say, um, the state liquor authority, there's some 4,000 state liquor authorities that have the ability to sell liquor in a liquor store. I anticipate that at some point when we get the full uh, implementation of our legislation, there will probably be some 2,000 dispensaries across the state. So if they're only doing 150 first, um, there's a long way to go uh, before we're in a place in the state where you can actually get access to um, this legal product through a legal method like a dispensary. And talking uh, talking about that, so comparing it to a liquor store, it won't be the kind of thing that I can walk into a gas station and get. It will be these um, specific smoke shops, correct? It will only be a legal dispensary that's licensed by the state of New York where you can walk and, and purchase the product. Now, you also talked about the, uh, the law that also had... Um, uh, a few had a few uh, records expunged for convictions that had to do with marijuana. Can you explain that? Well, the um, there, there was two laws. There was one in, in 2019 that actually begun that expungement process, and then there was the one uh, that passed with the murder language that added to that number of people who could have their records expunged. And so far, some 400,000 New Yorkers have had their records expunged for. Um, sale or use of small levels of marijuana. We anticipate that that number will go up because we know there are a ton more people than 400,000 who have were incarcerated and or arrested and convicted on these crimes in the past. And so we're looking to expunge more records. It should happen automatically, although some people can seek legal counsel and make it happen quicker. Uh, my office has had at least two expungement clinics where we've made um, volunteer attorneys available to people who wanted to get their records expunged in a, in a more expedient manner. That was my next question. Is it something the state is investigating, or if there's someone out there that has this on their record, is there someone they can reach out to uh, to further that process? Well, if there is someone um, who has a desire to, to move the process along faster or to make sure they're eligible, they're welcome to contact my district office. That number is 716 716- Eight nine seven nine seven one four, but the intent of the legislation suggested that the between the Office of Court Administrations as well as the Department of Criminal Justice Services that they should pull together the data that they have they know who's eligible for these things and they should make them happen automatically. 
And as I have stated, they have done some of that already. There is yet more to be done. Now, Majority Leader, before I, I let you go, there's two other things I wanted to ask you about. Later on the show, we have uh, District Attorney John Flynn on um, to talk about bail reform. Where do you stand on current bail reform, and what do you think, if anything, needs to be done in Albany? Um, well, first of all, I would you know acknowledge that um, bail reform is not about allowing people who are um, perpetual criminals out of jail, bail reform is about allowing people to be not incarcerated before they're proven guilty. Uh, it's simply this is about not incarcerating people before they are proven guilty. Uh, what we have done in this country, what we have done in this state for far too many decades is we've incarcerated people because they could not afford to pay bail. That is not a reason to have a person in jail. In fact, according to our Constitution, we are all innocent until proven guilty. If you have the resources to pay bail, you can do that and you can get out. But if you don't have resources, what we found is that there's way too many people in our jails far too often, far too long, that had not yet even been convicted. And so the idea is to speed up that process, do not allow people to languish in jail before they've been proven guilty of a crime. That is what bail reform is about. And I know of recent, there's been some incidences where people think uh, somebody didn't get in, weren't held because the judges weren't allowed to. Judges have more discretion than they will acknowledge. And quite honestly, DAs have the capacity to charge a person based on whether or not they're going to be eligible for bail or not. So the young man who was charged in Monroe County by the DA was given a wrong charge. He did something that was dangerous. He threatened a federal um, elected official. That's a federal crime. And there's no way he should not have been given a charge that would have been bailable. But he was not. That was a DA decision. And so, uh, again, I think if we interpret the law as it is, is supposed to be, everybody, no one will be held incarcerated prior to being convicted of a crime. Do you think any of the crimes that were on that list um, under the Cuomo administration could be at least revisited in the assembly? I, I think that they have been already. And in fact, they were at the very beginning of this year. There's been some revisiting of it. And again, uh, as a result of changing the way we incarcerate people pre-trial in the state of New York, it has saved taxpayers six hundred and almost $650 million. And, you know, I would think that at some point those dollars could be put back into uh, supporting the district attorney's office so they can get to speedier trials, supporting um, um attorneys who provide services to people who can't hire their own attorney, but supporting the court system so that they act faster as opposed to what we've been doing in the past, and that's incarcerating people before they have been convicted of a crime. And one more question before I uh, before we uh, wrap this up. The last time we talked to you was about the covering on the 33. Where do we stand with that uh, today? Well, um, I believe that the district, the Department of Transportation um, Services for the state of New York, they're still moving forward with this plan. 
They are looking to do uh, more community conversations around the strategies for um, beginning the process of it. And uh, I think that things are moving well, and I am excited about its potential, and I would hope that maybe by the end of fall we would have some clear um, view of how the process is going to work. And I, I'm sorry, I actually do have one more question. Two days ago, you were um, with Senator Kristen Gillibrand talking about uh, lead poisoning prevention. Um, what is coming of that? I believe some of the old water lines will finally be replaced, correct? That is exactly right. Uh, some of that had started even uh, with the state's uh, resources to help the city and begin dealing with um, lead and pipe issues. And it, as you know, got additional traction when the federal government um, um, put together its infrastructure bill that included several billion dollars specifically to begin removing lead plaques from the community. Buffalo has been able to avail themselves of that. The senator was in town, and we thank her for coming, um, to encourage all local governments in and around western New York to go through the process and apply to actually get these federal dollars and get them implemented into the communities they all represented. And she actually even offered, you know, her staff here locally to help people complete the application process to get access to those resources. It's critically important that we do this. We've known for decades um, the negative impact that lead poisoning will have, particularly on children if they're impacted when they're young. Uh, If we know that it's not healthy for our children, we should do whatever we can to remove it from society, and this is the start of that, and I'm encouraged by what we see going. Majority Leader Crystal People-Stokes, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me this Sunday morning. You're so welcome. Have a great day, and stay safe. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.